Welcome to Pause 5 Podcast, a podcast for people living with HIV, their friends, family and allies. We are so glad you could join us. Here are your hosts, Veda and Robbie. Veda, we are here. Everyone has just so embraced us in Sydney. We're so lucky here. Yeah, we've had an amazing time and, and more about that later. We're going to do a special episode, our last episode, where we're mm. going to talk about everybody that we've met and everything mm. that's happened. But to say that Sydney has embraced us is yeah. putting it mildly. We've had the best time and we're mm. so grateful. Yeah, we're going to have a great recap episode, but um, we've been busy still. I know we say that every episode. Busy and jizzy, folks. Busy, <laughs> busy and jizzy. That's exactly how we want to be. But yesterday we had a big panel discussion, right? We had a party in the Gaelic club, the oh my Gaelic God. my bum club. Tell the listeners what the Gaelic club is like. Well, the Gaelic club is like going to Mayo in 1975. <laughs> In terms of like the decor, the carpet, the wallpaper, oh I just am uh, fascinated by whoever put that look together. <laughs> um, and it's so fun. They have the best Guinness. They have Tato. Yeah. They have toasted cheese and ham sandwiches that, you know, feel just like home. But um, more than that, they just have this wonderful Irishness and Irish energy. It's, uh, it's a home away from home, basically. I feel more Irish in Sydney than I did back in Dublin. Well, you don't look it. You should. <laughs> He's as brown as a berry and as thin as a stick. <laughs> Thank God for my mom's jeans. That's all I can say. <laughs> He's wearing his mom's jeans. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else is dirty. But yesterday in the Gaelic club, we were asked on a panel along with two other esteemed guests, and we had the Irish consulate in the audience. We had people high up in the HIV organisations, people living with HIV, our friends that we made along the way. Morris, my boyfriend, came along um, all the way from Dublin, so that was lovely to have him. And we got to share our stories. Yeah, we had a HIV kiki, you know, that's what I like to call it, but a really special one, and it was super fun. Mm -hmm. And there was an amazing exhibit there about the Irish in Sydney um, that was put together by the consulate and the queer Irish, and it was pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out to the Irish consulate we've said it a few times before but they are literally the nicest people in the world doing yeah. amazing work here yeah we couldn't be doing what we're doing here if mm-hmm. it wasn't for them and um, I think yeah I think uh, there's such a strong sense of Irishness in Ireland and that cultural exchange thanks to the, what everything that the Irish consulate's doing and they were like how can we be better allies I'm like well you're bringing HIV activists over to World Pride to talk about HIV that's allyship yeah that really is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's Speaking of amazing people, we are in the presence of Robbie Wilson. Welcome, Robbie. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Good. Well, you you look well. You look gorgeous. Oh, thank I you. I think our tans are matched, to yes, be honest. They are. There yes. we go. Yes. There we go. We have the same jeans, Robbie. Maybe we're related. <laughs> Your to mom's us. jeans. Yeah. <laughs> They're both in mom's jeans. Exactly. Um, but Robbie has a wonderful striped bikini on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bitsy, teeny weeny. Rainbow pocket that bikini. <laughs> rainbow top on. We love a rainbow top. We love a rainbow Yeah, top. we do. Love, exactly. <laughs> You're blowing my mind, Robbie. Yeah. This is your first podcast, am I right? Yes, it is. How yeah. are you feeling? Uh, a bit nervous, but I'll be okay. There's Don't nothing. Hold my hand, oh, sweetie. There's nothing, there is nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> no. It's so great I'll to meet you. I'll just be myself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're in a love circle right now. Yeah. It's just me. Everybody else is taken, as yeah. they say. Yeah. Be yourself. Everybody else is yeah. taken. Yeah. Robbie, you are, if you don't mind me saying, what we would call in the community an elder of the community, mm-hmm. yes. a leader, 
someone that you know has a lot of wisdom to impart and that's really why we're here so yes. we could scoop out your brain <laughs> <laughs> and learn something yes just put them back in <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry put them exactly yeah. the way we found them yeah, yeah. 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 yeah yes. you're living with hiv 38 years am i right robbie uh, 38 years wow. now i was diagnosed in 1986 <gasps> wow and um i first i had no knowledge of HIV or very minimal knowledge. I was just fairly new at that time and I'd come from Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got sick in 1985. Can I ask, what was yeah. life growing up like in Tasmania? Because we don't hear much too much of the... Oh, the look, it was really like in those days, uh, the laws were still... Very, they were one of the last states to finalise their legislations for gay and lesbian you know, queer mm-hmm. people. Decriminalisation. Decriminalisation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that uh, it does have an impact on you, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, like you could end up in jail or whatever or before the courts if you were caught on a beat or... On a beat. Yes. I love that expression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... Um, but it, generally, you know, like I never ever really had any uh, trouble with it. I had a really lovely circle of friends and some mm-hmm. of them I still stay in touch with. Uh, and I'm going down there in a couple of weeks, actually. Uh, yeah, so look, it was... Um, in some ways it was backwards, but in other ways it was very progressive. Like in terms of like the arts and music and food and culture, um, that... Uh, that kind of aspect of society was like a leap ahead of what mm-hmm. was happening on the mainland. Uh, but um, the, the impact of um, the legislations at that time really didn't, mm-hmm. they didn't suppress me enough. I had a very, you know, active gay life and what was gay life like on Tasmania even with the criminalisation look it was really great we still could go to the pubs and dance on the tables (laughs) 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 we had our our places to hang out and uh, and lots of stuff happened like in those days in people's homes so like going to uh, people's homes for dinner and you know dancing and uh, enjoying each other's companies, it was a, a, like a different world. Mm-hmm. To um, I think, in general, to city life, yeah. I'm sure that still does happen in the country. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. you should see the gays in Mayo. They're crazy. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't let them into my home. <laughs> you have no silverware left. <laughs> or vodka. They steal the fillings from your teeth. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Mayo people. You know I love you. The queen of Mayo, of course. Mm-hmm. Panty Bliss is one of my favourite people. Of course. So I love all you Mayo people. So when did you leave Tasmania? I left in 1985. Gotcha. Wow. And I got sick in 1985. Yes. So you moved to the big city and things changed yes. dramatically. Yeah, yeah. I came to a new city. Um, I initially was living in country New South Wales mm-hmm. uh, and hadn't been in Sydney very long and I got sick. 
but I didn't know that, uh, you know, like I thought I've just got some really bad flu, which lasted for a very long time. 38 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still sneezing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was really crook and very fatigued for a long time. Uh, and then eventually, it po- like I'd knock off work and f- uh, hop in my car and fall asleep for three or four hours before I drove home. Um, and that, um, but um, yeah, that passed, and it wasn't until um, nineteen eighty six um, I met a chap, David, uh, and he was a nurse who worked in HIV. Uh, and um, he said to me, what's your HIV status? I said, well, I don't know. I've never had a test. Mm. Anyway, and so he said, oh, I'll organise it for you. Anyway, so I went and had the test, and I was uh, tested positive to HIV and to um, hepatitis B. I think I was infected with both at the same, same time. time. You had most of the alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, wow. so... Um, Did he actually use those words, what's your HIV status? Yes, yeah. Wow, it's wild to think that that was the, how yeah. it was phrased back yeah. then. Yeah, I guess he was a medical professional. Yeah. So. Seems yeah. quite progressive of a yeah. question yeah. to yeah. ask, right? Yeah. Well, it. you know, Australia in general, and particularly in New South Wales, New South Wales Health, mm-hmm. uh, and um, all the projects like um, ACON, um, Bobby Goldsmith Foundation... Uh, positive Life uh-huh. and Carly. Uh-huh. Uh, they, uh, those organisations uh, are still very like powerful in the community in terms of people who are um, HIV positive mm-hmm. uh, and uh, they offer a whole range of um, supports. The big thing for long-term survivors now is psychosocial yeah um uh, mental health um care well speaking uh, of mental health how did you feel at the time of diagnosis at the time i was yeah. devastated yeah mm-hmm. i was devastated i thought that um it was a death sentence and for all my friends and my partner um uh, like later on in down the track, I, I had um, two other part, three other partners who were HIV positive. Two of those died. One was Irish. Wow. And he was illegal. Uh, <laughs> the best kind. That was me uh, in a past life. But um, <laughs> you know, he was looked after by the health system. Wow. Very, very wow. nicely. He was totally gorgeous, Peter. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Lord rest him, as we say in Ireland. Yes. Wow, I'm so sorry for your losses, yes. babe. Yeah, no, you, you, you know, like at the time, and it takes you years sometimes to work through your grief, mm-hmm. but um, like I cherish those, like their input into my life and how they helped me to shape my life. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I think that's what friendship and relationship is about, you know, like mm-hmm. you... Uh, you, you embrace the good from each other mm-hmm. and, um, and build on it mm-hmm. to, you know, have a better life. And while you are here, you know, to just, mm-hmm. you know, um, I guess, um, you know, like live with respect for each other and yourself. Yeah. 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 Do you think 
that losing someone to AIDS when you're living with HIV hits differently than if you know you didn't live with HIV. It does in a way uh, because uh, you know, like if you've got cancer or you've got uh, another disease process that you die from, mm-hmm. you can very easily talk about it, like socially, yeah. and people do. Uh, uh, with HIV, um, a lot of people, um, they just, uh, the discrimination was quite bad. Uh, and so it's just impossible, you know, like you really endangered yourself uh, if you did, um, you know, reveal your HIV status mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, or you were dying from AIDS or whatever and uh, even like my partner George um, he died in 1991 and uh, he um, was from Texas he was just about to become an Australian citizen about a week before he died Mm. anyway and George uh, was the most delightful person but in the death notice um, that was published in Texas uh, in a small town called Colleen, which is a big military base, mm-hmm. um, uh, had in the death notice that he was killed in a car wreck. Uh, wow. And I found that really, you know, difficult. like, mm-hmm. it was really difficult. It just added another layer mm-hmm. yeah. to, you know, the impact of what um, discrimination and lack of, under- lack of education Speaking of discrimination, I recently turned 50, Robbie. Oh, really? Uh, yes. And, and even though I'm still gorgeous, <laughs> just yes. like you, you do uh, encounter more... I would more... have taken you for 43. Oh, you're oh. very kind. And I, you're a liar. <laughs> let, me, let me clean your glasses. <laughs> um, but I have experienced, as I'm getting older, a little bit of ageism in the community. Oh, yes. Do you experience ageism, a young man like you? Uh, yes, I, I do. Um, I think um, it comes in very subtle ways. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, uh, I find it um, a bit disgusting, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, that uh, people, you know, base their opinions about you because of your age. Uh-huh. I'm 67 years old. But I'm happy to be 67 years Two old. Two years away from a 69, baby. Yeah. <laughs> the golden number. I won't have practicing. to wait long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and how does that happen, the ageism? How do you experience it? Um, like, yes, yes, I'll give an example. Like yesterday, for example, this is a very subtle thing. Uh, yesterday, um, I thought to myself, there's a, there's a project um, that runs, a, a community service project that runs for um, people who have been assessed by the aged care, um, aged care Australia. And one of the reasons I wanted to participate in that was because they, they do these really nice outings. Uh-huh. And um, you can go, and uh, they're not gay or lesbian, but they're just like social groups mm-hmm. that get together. They go on a bus. They might go to the Buddhist temple down the coast, uh-huh. or they might go to a market or whatever. Then you go to the RSL, and you have a beer and a meal. 
What's the RSL? RSL, Return Service Leagues Clubs, okay. which are very big in New South Wales. Okay. Yeah, so, um, and then I was doing my um, application, uh, and um, all the, the, like, for the assessment, I didn't pass the assessment, uh, because I'm physically well, mm-hmm. uh, and... Um, like the, dis- the like the discrimination in that was that even though like I'm I mean I'm only sixty seven and I don't have physical disabilities mm-hmm. but I do um, have um, you know like some psychosocial anxiety disabilities mm-hmm. uh, and um, when the during the assessment I realised that the assessment was purely about physical capability mm-hmm. and Adam people um, have more their lives and their bodies are more than the physicality of the body. You know, Absolutely. like we have an emotional, um, psychosocial, mm-hmm. spiritual, all kinds sexual. of things. Yeah, sexual. Sexual. Sexual, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so um, as a result of not having a physical disability, um, I... Um, even though I fit the age group, um, I wasn't eligible to go on a bus journey. I was really you're so there. fit, you're unfit. Yeah, yeah you're so <laughs> fit, you're unfit. I mean, I'm so grateful that mm. I am fit. Yeah. But, um, but I think your way of thinking is so evolved, to be honest, because people think disabilities have to be visible. Yeah. You know, when there's many factors that may make us not able to be in wider society for in many different society. Yeah, when you, different when you use the word debilitate, it's yeah. not just about your physical, physical. capabilities. No, no. You can be debilitated by so many things. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think as a society we need to evolve and have those conversations. Like, yeah, but so it's, it's so sad to see how they can be exclusionary also. Exclusionary mm-hmm. also. And the, one of the things, you know, that uh, in the, um, the queer community, in the older queer community, is that uh, like a lot of um, people live very, very isolated lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, they have social phobias. Um, and uh, they're cut off from what's actually happening, even in their own streets, you know? Yeah. So I um, really appreciate the work that Bobby Goldsmith and Positive Life do in that um, arena Mm -hmm. uh, in... Uh, embracing or make giving an opportunity for those people to be embraced within the community through social activity and you know being with other queer people mm-hmm. uh-huh. in, in safe social settings uh-huh. and stuff like that. Can someone to flirt with. Yeah. yeah. We all need someone yeah. to flirt yeah. with. We all need flirt That's with. why I keep Robbie around. <laughs> <laughs> You're beautiful. <laughs> You're gorgeous. Can I ask, because I feel like I grew up in a generation, thanks to social media, where mental health was, is more discussed. Oh, yes. So I feel like I, I'm in a culture where I actually can say, I'm sad today, I don't want to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I, I feel like I was, yes. I was reared with that ability, or, or we're learning, we're still learning. Um, you, I, I assume, come from a generation that didn't talk about mental health so much. No. But yet, I hear you say that um, you know our elders are experiencing psychosocial issues. Yes. Can you... Ex- does your community have much 
other language for the mental health they're experiencing? Um, I think that uh, the community is working hard to uh, for it to be an open topic. You know, if you suffer from depression or anxiety or you, you suffer from, you know, schizophrenia or mm-hmm. um, any of the other labels of mental health, uh, there's outlets uh, in the community, like through the HOT team, the HIV outreach team, mm-hmm. uh, where people uh, can be refer themselves or be referred. Uh, for um, psychosocial health plus other, you know, social needs that people mm-hmm. might have. Mm-hmm. So um, the conversation is definitely opening up in Australia. Brilliant. Uh, but um, the services are very pressed because there's a lot of young people, you know, from all communities that are suffering... Um, pretty severe mental health mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. Uh, and do you uh, think that's because it's harder for young people now I think it is I think the social pressures are higher now I do too yeah. yeah that's interesting could you expand on that because from my point of view you would think because we have all these rights and less to fight for that we live we should live in this cutopia yes but you also say the pressures are more difficult and I agree in, in, in many yes. respects but like what, what if you want to expand on that a little well I, I feel like a lot of it's got to do with the media and especially social media I feel like just accepting people for who they are and how they are was easier in the 80s, 90s, even in the noughties. But as social media has expanded, everybody is constantly looking at this little crystal ball in their hands, trying to predict a better future. Mm -hmm. They're not so familiar with who they are and they're more concerned with who they will be or might be. And I think it's a lot of pressure. I meet a lot of young people who I just feel sadness from. And I had my own sadness when I was a young person, but I don't think that it was as complicated or as messy as it is now. I just wanted a boyfriend and I wanted to get into free to a club and look cute in an outfit. And that was enough for me. My expectations were way lower. Mm -hmm. I think people's expectations are higher now, Mm -hmm. but that the opportunities to reach those expectations are just slipping further and further from their reach. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Oh, thank I think, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the expectation, social expectation on young people is enormous, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. We bear a little bit of it, but nothing like what is expected mm-hmm. yeah. uh, from those, pe- those people. And, you know, and social media does drive it, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's caused a lot of changes and social media is a great thing yes uh you know like it has wonderful aspects to it but there's also like with lots of things in life there's a downside to it as well yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) can i ask robbie not me you (laughs) dear as you age beautifully with hiv we do know that there's more complications yes um 
especially when you are under older medication. Yes. Can you explain maybe some of the complications that you may have felt throughout uh, your journey? Yes, certainly. Um, look, um, I was on um, a drug, um, an antiretroviral. Uh, I never took antiretrovirals for 10 years. She's my favourite auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. Yeah. No, I just, um, because um, all my friends were dying from them, you know, because they were still working out the dosing and the toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of people did die from drug toxicity. Anyway, um, I um, made a... a a decision at a very early stage to just look after myself like spiritually uh, and emotionally and physically uh, and to connect and expose myself expose myself to because it was a pretty horrific horrific scene in Sydney uh, people you know our papers were full of death, death notices um, like every week in the St uh, Sydney Star Observer mm -hmm. uh, and um, like um, there were just like thousands of people literally who did die uh, and a lot of those were my friends some of them were my partners uh, and um, you know when did you start the medication? well I started medications um, Eight, um, what am I now? Thirty-eight. So twenty-eight mm. years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I've been on, uh, and um, but one of the drugs I was on, Travada, which is used as a prep now. Yeah. Um, but there is some scientific research that has demonstrated that um, there are a certain group of people on Travada in the presence of HIV develop osteoporosis mm -hmm. uh, anyway and I happen to be one of those oh. it was affecting my kidneys so the, the two yes. things are small yes. but um, isn't Travada good against hepatitis B it also is. right that's one of the reasons they were using mm -hmm. it so you couldn't use the one good drug against yeah. hepatitis B yeah. and, and yeah. Travada is the backbone of most HIV yes, drugs it is. wow um, and so uh, we're still working then um, and um, I suddenly had 12 fractures in two weeks wow. and I was in agony I was in pain bad pain for almost a year until those oh fractures healed uh, and um, I just felt like my like my body was falling apart mm -hmm. Because you, you don't realise how important your skeleton is until it actually is hurting. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, you take your body for granted until yes, it's failing. Yes, you do. Right? We take much of our function for mm -hmm. granted. Anyway, um, but I reversed it. My doctor immediately identified I have a very good doctor. Mm -hmm. And I have a very good therapeutic relationship with him. So right. he identified it very early. Uh, and um, we changed over to Big Tarby, uh, and um, I've, I've been able to, through my diet, primary, I had a good diet anyway, but I've been able to reverse it. And I'm, wow, you congratulations. Know, yeah, Milky so, fluids. Milky fluids. Milky fluids. Delicious. Can I talk about Truvada um, for two seconds, yes. just to give out about pharma? 
Anyway, Truvada has been the backbone drug for um, uh, for HIV around the world. Yeah. And there's uh, Truvada. It's two HIV drugs in one. Um, and one dumps tenofovir dysproxyl. Okay. So we know tenofovir, in some small cases, can affect bone density issues and yes. kidney yeah. kidney functioning. So it's affecting your bones and my kidneys. Okay. So we knew that this is the main drug. So we had children on this who were having bone density issues, but we had no real alternative because that was the drug. Um, we know Bloomberg done a, an expose a few years ago um, that the pharma company that makes Truvada stopped clinical trials of a new drug called TAF, which is basically tenofovir dysproxyl, the one that affects your mm. kidneys and bones. And they know if you use that at a much smaller concentration, it works just as effectively, but doesn't affect your bones or doesn't affect your kidneys. However, they shelved this clinical trial until the patent of tenofovir was coming up. So because of that, we didn't have this drug that was less toxic because they wanted to use this as a marketing tool for the next big HIV drug just when the patent moved up to do maximize profits. This is the real issue with intellectual property. And then you hear stories of people around the world who have uh, bone issues and fractures purely because of profit, even though they knew there was this new promising drug they shelved it so i'm just i'm almost just angry to not favor that was affecting my kidneys i'm now on taf based regimen which is the exact same but my kidneys are back to normal but but only because of the time that i was born i uh, lived with hiv yeah otherwise in the early like late 90s it would have been the only drug for me and i would have had real bad kidney issues now yeah so i just want to kind of put that point onto the work that needs to be done in the pharmaceutical industry and when we talk about health equity around the world. Yes. So on that point, going forward, has that affected your health going forward and the medication? Well, it has to a degree. Uh, just, uh, I still, um, it, it's affected my balance to a degree mm-hmm. uh, because some of the bones um, haven't set properly or had, didn't set aligned. And I definitely do have some weaknesses from it, uh, but I've learned to live with them. And you've learned to walk so beautifully. Uh, the mm-hmm. first thing I noticed was your beautiful posture. Mm-hmm. Is that why you have such great posture? <laughs> Is it conscious that you, yeah. you know, that you lift your shoulders and and carry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really yes. have such yes. graceful. Every, every aisle is a catwalk with you, yeah. Ravi. <laughs> Oh, I well imagine it. Oh, now that makes sense. See, I'm a model too. So I understand. I spotted that immediately. I was like, look at the posture on this queen. Speaking of queens, who's your favourite diva? Oh. Oh. You've lived through all the best. Mm -hmm. All the best. That's why I asked. Look, I love... um, I've got a very good friend. um, And... uh, uh, he was uh, Dolly. 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 Yeah. Dolly Grip. Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton. <laughs> Parton. Uh huh. I have an Indian boyfriend. I call him Delhi Parton. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've, I've always admired the work that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh-huh. it, uh, and especially in the HIV community. And um, he lives on the north coast of New South Wales now, mm-hmm. and we stay in touch. And he's a de- most delightful person shout out to dolly Dolly. to dolly when drag queens or queer performers become hiv activists that's where the magic happens in the community truly 
It really is the yes. case. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have you ever done drag? Not uh, when I was very young. Ooh. What was your name, Robbie? Uh, Rose. Rose. Was it your turn? Rose Wilson. <laughs> Not Rose Wilson. You sound like a star already. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, my sister has a photo of me at, in her home uh, in drag, and I look like um, I can't think of her name. But I look pretty gorgeous. Ah, <laughs> with and the posture. Did you perform yeah. any? No. No. And if you were going to perform a song, what song would sum you up, babe? Oh. Uh, if I was going to perform in drag, um, probably Joan Collins or someone. Oh like my God. <laughs> a bitch. Yeah. A bitch. A diva. <laughs> That's a diva for you. Oh, I love wow. it. Probably Joan Collins. Oh, I love Joan Collins yes. and her sister Phil Collins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, shout out to Jackie Collins, the late yes. Jackie Collins. Exactly. Love Joan and Jackie. We're very Joan and Jackie. We're very Joan. That's the new one. We yeah. are very Joan yeah, and Jackie. Joan and Jackie Collins. Um, so, you, in all your beautifulness and all the heart and warmth that we have felt from you, you're putting that back to the community by being an Inkali. Yes. Inkali yes. Minogue. Inkali <laughs> <laughs> What's an Inkali? An Inkali means friend. Ah. And it's a, uh, the organisation started um, in the, the very beginning of HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just worked away in the like in the community and what we do uh we do we um you do your training uh and it's about actually like just being a friend you don't have to do anything can you take robbie in for that training yeah <laughs> <laughs> i need to be better oh you're yeah. a great friend <laughs> but it's, it's about offering you know friend to be able you know for the person might like to uh, not talk at all mm-hmm. but the fact that you're just there yeah. uh-huh. that there is someone there uh, that uh, there's an opportunity maybe to do some social things together um, like go and have a cup of coffee and it might be the only time in the week or the fortnight or month that that person actually goes out for coffee wow. and are these people living with HIV? yes uh-huh. yeah all the clients are HIV. A lot of them are long-term survivors. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so the the whole concept of the program is to just to be yourself with the person. You don't have to. You're not there to counsel them. You're mm-hmm. not there to give advice. There's a lot of things you're not there for. But sex. What, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, that's sex. a different organisation. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a different client. client. <laughs> 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 yeah, and that you only have one client. Each volunteer has one client, uh-huh. and oh, you, so you're like parakeets, yeah, really, right? Yeah. And you just penguins. Or, penguins. You just organise with the, your client uh, when mm-hmm. you're going to meet. If wow. they might like to do something, or you might have a suggestion for them mm-hmm. if they want to do something socially, like go to the movies or Cute. have a coffee. Do you yeah. you were only recently joined up to Ankali, yes. am I correct? I uh, yes, when I retired, I retired early, uh, and um, uh, the first year of retirement was a little bit um, 
Lights on in my way, mm-hmm. but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love being I can't wait to retire. I love being retired uh-huh. um, because um, in, uh, the, my work that I did, um, I worked in a very high pressure job in health. Modeling. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> no, I worked in health. I worked in a high pressure job. I was working in cardiothoracic transplant. Wow. And, um, Yes, yeah, so uh, we know who to go to when we have a heart attack. Put your hand yeah. on my heart and <laughs> tell me you're like the Kylie Minogue yeah, in the healthcare. <laughs> and Kylie Minogue. And Kylie Minogue. Yes, I've seen Beyond the Ribs. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want to see Beyond this one. <laughs> it's black. <laughs> yes, uh, so, but um, I was very, um, like, very uh, restricted in my social life uh-huh. uh, and I didn't have a relationship uh, for the previous 20 years like um, before wow. I retired uh, but I was very um, like committed to what I was doing mm-hmm. uh, because sometimes we used to get um, it was an opportunity for me still to be able to uh, give out in a in a very silent way but practical way to our community uh, because um, like a, a lot of people uh, with um, IVDU mm, use end up uh, in, intravenous drug use okay. um, end up with um, you know um, broken hearts yeah yeah broken hearts their leaflets on their uh, valves mm-hmm. becoming uh, become infected uh-huh. And uh, so very often, you know, like we'd have patients with either HIV or um, with um, other cardiac problems and um, I always put my hand up to look after them because I always felt a connection to those people. Uh And uh, yeah, so, but as a result of that, I was very, through my work, I was very isolated from the community it wasn't um, by choice, but um, by necessity, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, when I retired, um, they gave me an opportunity to reconnect for myself and to, you know, em- uh, re-embrace like with my community, yeah. like in a really practical way. So I, and I thought to myself, what's a project? And I thought of Wayside Chapel, which is a very uh, well-known project here in Sydney that helps homeless people mm-hmm. uh, and I thought about that and then I thought about Ankali and I thought I'd really like to be an Ankali you know like I think that that's some way that I could get back to the community and um, yeah um, it kind of evolved from that but then COVID came along of course so there was no training and mm-hmm. we had to wait for two or three years three years I wow. think so now is your year. Yeah, yeah. Now is the year to get back. And do you yeah. have a client at the moment? Yes, I do. And yes. can you tell us a little about them? I um, I can. I won't. But of course, confidential. Like, of yeah. course. Um, look, um, we're just still really getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a really lovely guy. He loves the arts and theatre, and uh-huh. really uh, very, very uh, pleasant. And Robbie, if we could go back thirty-eight years and speak to you just after your diagnosis, is there some advice that you would give 
Look, to Robbie then? Yes. Um, my advice to myself would be never give up on the hope. Because hope is a... And it's kind of an intangible thing that happens in our lives. Uh, and, um, uh, and for me, uh, I, if I see, see, when I see the rainbow, I see hope. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, and for, so for me, uh, that's uh, the advice that I would give myself. And that's something that I didn't do. I never gave up hope. There mm. were times that I felt like I was. But I had a friend say to me once, if only there's one single thread of hope left, you have to hold on to it. And so that's what I've done for myself. And um, and it does work, you know. I was thinking about it this morning because I was wondering what we might discuss and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, so... Uh, Yes, um, yeah, hope. And this whole city is just full of rainbows right now. Yes, it we're is. very hopeful. So there's <laughs> a lot of hope. Oh, every street corner. There's a yes. hope shark. There's a hope snake. <laughs> even looking out the window there. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. It's three of three. rainbow flags, a yes. progress flag. Hope is all around us. Yes. Can I ask, Robbie, because sometimes when we talk about HIV, it's what HIV may have taken away from us. Can you tell me maybe one thing that HIV gave you that you're really appreciated? Oh, it, it has given me so much. Uh, and one of the biggest things it's given me is the ability to know myself uh, and to trust myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, uh, you know, paramount to my survival. Uh, and... Um, it's given me um, a whole community of people as well, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that I I have a particular empathy for, uh, because while our, our experiences are all different, there is a common thread, mm-hmm. and so is that a thread of hope, rather? Right? It's a thread of hope, and uh, you know, like you. And just being able to be with um, other HIV positive people. Yeah. Like we are today. Like yes. we are. Yes. Back, <laughs> back into our circle. Yes. Back into our circle. Uh, yeah, just to be in, uh, you know, with other HIV people mm. and to, you know, uh, know or have a sense, like empathy, like you can put yourself, empathy is about putting ourselves into the other person's mm. shoes. To, to be able to feel what they may feel mm. and so while they're ex- like there'll be aspects that are different uh, there is that thread mm-hmm. you know that um, kind of um, holds us together and yeah. you know uh, where we understand silently understand each other HIV yeah. brings people together yes. whether it's consciously or subconsciously it is that tread. I've never seen it as a tread, but now that I've seen that, it's an yeah, invisible it's... thread. An invisible, yeah. <laughs> Did a production company of our movie yes. that we have, yes. And lastly, can I ask you then, <laughs> before we take in too much of your time, but I could talk to you all day, Robbie. Um, later on today, we're going to be talking on a panel. I'm moderating. You're, you're part of the panel. It's about activism. And it's about the role of art in transforming ourselves, yes. transforming policy, transforming the hearts and minds of society. Yes. And there is a, an initiative happening at the moment called Art Phoenix Programme. 
and it's for people living with HIV to express themselves through art. Now, I, you're, I don't think you're part of the program, Robbie, no, are you? No. But you know people who are on it, right? Oh, yes, yeah, so I've got friends who are on on and, that um, program. And can you share their experiences that they may have shared with you? Uh, some of them, uh, you know, like um, art is a wonderful thing because it's such a personal self-expression. You know, like we 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 express our joy or how we see the world mm. or you know um, our emotions uh, and we um, I'm just trying to think of the word um, what happens I think with art is that uh, we we make it tangible like we make those feelings mm-hmm. and those experiences t- a tangible thing to share with other people mm-hmm. and um, so yeah. you can look at a piece of artwork and uh and you can often get a sense of uh, what the the uh, creator uh, is um, experiencing or has experienced. It mm-hmm. might be, you know, a, an experience. Right? It might be joyful. It might be full of anguish. You mm-hmm. know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, not being an an artist in the sense of being able to draw because I create fruit food <laughs> food I like your art but that is art yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is art but I, I I can't my mother was an artist actually mm-hmm. she was a portrait artist wow and uh, did she ever do anything as good as this <laughs> this is a little portrait of you that I've been working on over we don't here. want to insult our guests <laughs> Vader <laughs> I think it's pretty good I'm going to bring it with us I'm going to bring it to the phoenix and stick it on the wall <laughs> is that anguish? <laughs> that, is, get a that is hope Robbie <laughs> that is hope <laughs> uh, yeah. you are hope you Robbie. are hope yeah. can, can we just say as we finish this up I know you only have one person that you're connecting with your own Kali but I I think you have us as your own Kali oh, and all our listeners you. I feel Thank like you. you've helped us all Thank we're all you. friends here and Kali Minogue that's Kali you Minogue. baby Kali that's you we're going to put you in drag for the second time of our life before you know Robbie uh-huh. really yeah. Yeah, yes. well on that note we're just going to wrap up. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much Thank you. for coming and sharing all that nuggets of wisdom with us. Yes. And in the meantime, folks at home, remember to stay hopeful. And stay positive. Yeah. And powerful. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Pos Vibe Podcast. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so that you never miss an episode. This season of Pos Vibe Podcast is recorded in Sydney, Australia, on the land of the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people. We wish to acknowledge them as the traditional owners of this beautiful place.